0: um we live in exciting days i'd say it's exciting to be alive and somebody could push back and say are you kidding me things are crazy (laughs) in fact you know my background is in government and law and and uh, you know politics and those sorts of things and i can hardly watch the news anymore it's painful for me just to see this incredible conflict going on and yet god's doing something my friends um so we have, you know, we've got trouble in our country, that political rancor, we might call it, protests. Remember what Abraham Lincoln quoting Jesus, a house divided cannot stand. He said that in the Civil War days. We got a house divided in America today. We're, we got problems. Teen suicide, all-time high, drug abuse, STDs growing again, sexual transmitted diseases, epidemic, alcohol, drug abuse, discouragement. It's just. You can say, you live in, Exc-. why did you say that? Because it's, we've been here before as a nation. And I used to think, maybe you with me, that America was pretty much a Christian nation until the year 1960. And then things went crazy with Vietnam protests. Some of us are old enough to remember all that stuff. But when you really look at history, we've been there before. Think of this, okay, the, the country was formed, you know, 1776, uh, there was a, the, the first great awakening was, actually was 1740, prepared us for the Revolutionary War, but then after we became a nation, the late 1700s, believe it or not, the late 1700s in the United States of America, drunkenness was growing debauchery. A woman was not safe to walk the streets of a big city at nighttime without being fear of being raped. Um, the, the whole thought, I mean, the church was dying. Uh, universalism, well, everybody's saved, just go to church, do whatever you want to do, no big deal. Harvard University and all the great universities had a similar issue. Harvard was formed, why? To train pastors, Right. In the late 1700s, they took a poll at Harvard University, and they said, how many of you guys are Christians? You know how many answered yes? None. Not one. Yale at least had two. Yeah, go Yale. So that was the situation. And so they could have given up. In fact, people were projecting that the church was dying. Another 30 years, the church would be totally dead. But a remnant a remnant began to pray together, crying out to God. Reminds you of Joshua, uh, the the book of Judges, excuse me, where the the people, when they'd have trouble and the enemies would come in because the people sinned and God gave them over to discipline them, they cried out together and God would deliver them, send send them another judge, like Gideon, for example. So anyhow, they, they gathered together, and as a result, in the early 1800s, was the second great awakening It was amazing, the manifest presence of God. Now, again, God's everywhere. But sometime, and I believe it's going to happen, maybe it happened this morning here, but sometime I think it's going to happen again in West Michigan. We've been praying for that, where the the manifest presence of God shows up. And they describe this like uh, in in parts of Kentucky, the Red River area, where there'd be 20,000 people gathered in, in this Incredible place, Rogues Harbor, whatever they called it, where they had no court, no judges for five years. And if you were a bad guy, a murderer, counterfeiter, anything, you'd go there. And yet that's where one of the parts of the Second Great Awakening started. And they began to preach, and the presence of God showed up, and everyone's on the ground crying for mercy. And God just saved millions of people in America in the second great awakening. The modern missions movement was birthed. Um, so many positive changes actually by 1834. I mean, this thing continued for about 40 years, pretty strong. By 1834, there was more money given to nonprofits, they called them benevolent societies, than was, was the, the federal budget. It was bigger than the federal budget. Can you imagine that? What's the federal budget today? $4 trillion, something like that. Just give me one trillion. I think we can do an awful lot with that. You know, but um, I mean that was the result. It was incredible. And uh, my my brothers, we need. There's only one answer. We need another great spiritual awakening in America today. We need the biggest one that's ever happened. We had we've had probably three, two and a half, three is what historians would suggest before. We need another one, and we need the biggest one because. Again, my background being in government. Um, Do you think government's going to solve our problems as a nation? I mean, (laughs) it's getting worse. The, The problem with America is selfishness. Everybody's saying, me, me, gimme, 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 my comfort, my stuff. Come on, my group. Well, let's pass a law that you can't be selfish anymore. or You go to jail. That'll work pretty well, won't it? Uh, no, we need heart change. Right. And how do you change hearts? It's just what we sung. Jesus, he's the one. He's the one that came, what does it say in Mark? He says, Jesus came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. If I could snap my fingers and make every follower of Jesus Christ, there's at least 100,000 in West Michigan, true followers, probably more. If I could make every one of us like that say jesus i'm not going to live for me anymore you empower me by your spirit to live for you and for others just imagine imagine what the impact would be well that's called revival leading to spiritual awakening so we've got a group yeah i've been head of this grand awakening we started it a number of years ago and we'd gather once or twice a month um, to pray. Maybe there'd be 30 of us, 50 of us, sometimes 100 of us from all these different churches. And we'd say, God, send revival. Revive your church. Bring a spiritual awakening. And we'd do it again the next month and the next month and the next month. And then this thing called City Fest said, you know, we want to come back to Michigan, and part of the, or to Grand Rapids area. And part of the reason they did is that they knew that we were praying, They said, we don't really want to go to a place that's not been prayed for. So they said, all right, we'll we'll consider it. So we were involved in some of that. They talked to some of the people around here. Rich DeVos, the name that many of us know, he's wanted Luis Palau, his friend, to come back to West Michigan before either one of them dies. And uh, Rich is still hanging on. And Luis Palau, although he has a lung cancer, he's still hanging on. And we're planning on this weekend. And a huge answer. I mean, I've been working on this with City Fest. Marcia and I, my wife, are co chair of the prayer part of City Fest, which has been a great privilege for us. But just a little bit about it. Uh, how many of you were part of the thing on March 1st that was meeting right here uh, called Renew? And there's 7,000 people here trying to fit into 4,000 chairs. <laughs> and it was kind of crazy. It took us forever to get out of your parking lot, just to say it, but it worked. But it was an exciting time. But that just shows some of the momentum that God is bringing here. This is a once-in-a-generation thing, my friends. Uh, I hope you're all going to be part of, of, of this thing. We've, we've got luncheons uh, this week. Uh, both tomorrow is a woman's luncheon. They got over a thousand women coming, and they're asking not just to invite Christians to this these luncheons, but they want half of it at least to be those who need Jesus. And so we got a woman's luncheon uh, tomorrow, and then uh, Thursday there's a, a business and civic luncheon. And I've, by the grace of God, we have a couple tables. The mayor don't don't broadcast this too widely, but the mayor of Grand Rapids, the mayor of Kentwood. And the chief judge of the circuit court are going to be at my table. Hello, um, but in, but there's just so many people are coming, and people that need to know the Lord. We, Marcia and I have been praying about who do we invite to to these luncheons, and so keep praying if you would with us that many will come to know Christ. That the presence of the Lord will be present at those luncheons, and then of course September eight nine Saturday Sunday, um, just uh, you know huge opportunity and and uh, people coming a lot of. Uh, Artists, you know, John, uh, Toby Mack, Lecrae, Mandisa, but then uh, Andrew and Louise Plough um, sharing the gospel. Andrew on Saturday, Louise on Sunday, running basically 4 to 9 p.m., both Saturday and Sunday. Need to pray for the weather. Um, You know, rain could really um, dampen things, as it were, downtown, and Satan would like nothing better and to have a, like a tornado warning, you know what I'm saying? I mean, he would love, he does not want anyone to come to, to faith in Christ. But Jesus is Lord. And uh, you remember how he rebuked, he was sleeping in the cushion on the boat that's almost being swamped. And then he stands up and he rebukes that storm. And uh, it just whew, quieted down. And that's what he's going to be doing this weekend. So let's, but let's keep it in prayer as many other people are. Um, but so we have this thing this week. So the question is, what about afterwards? Is it just kind of done on September 9, Sunday, and then we go back to business as usual? No. In fact, I had such a great meeting last week with some of the pastoral leadership of, uh, of City Fest, And one of your pastors was there and pastors from many of the uh, churches in our area were there. And to a man and a woman, they said, we do not want it to end on September 9th. We want this just to be a springboard to more working of God. To which, can we applaud that thought? Come on, that is so good. Uh, That is so good. And and I had a chance at that meeting to share my heart. And uh, I don't know what it is. Again, uh, you know, I've been around for a while and, you know, I've done some More challenging things in my life, but there's something God has grabbed my heart, gentlemen, about this thing that I if I get emotional here, it's because he has grabbed this guy's heart with his heart. You know, it says in scripture that, like in Second Peter three, it says, The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient towards you. Here's the phrase, not wishing that any should perish. But that all should reach repentance you, can you feel god's heart do you think he loves to see people turn away and go to hell forever he loves even the people in hell he's just sad for them and then first peter to first timothy 2 he says first of all i urge supplications prayers intercessions and thanksgiving be made for all people for kings and all those who are in high positions yeah we can do that That we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. This is good, and it is pleasing in the sight of God our Savior. Here's the phrase. Who desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. That's his heart. Can this become our heart? Can we feel what he wants? He doesn't like people to turn away and spend eternity away from him. This is his heart. So let me just tell you what my prayer is. It it almost surprises me. It blows me away. But I have had the number 100,000 in my heart. I'm praying for 100,000 people in West Michigan alone who don't know Jesus now. Over the next months to come to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. 100,000. And then, you know, it's kind of funny. I said, boy, am I I really hearing God? And then I had to give a talk a few weeks back, and I thought, Lord, what do you you want me to speak on? He said, why don't you talk about the Welsh Revival? Oh, okay. Well, I started reminding myself about the Welsh Revival, a guy named Evan Roberts, a 26-year-old guy, works in a coal mine, but he'd wake up in the middle of the night, and he just would pray. He'd pray. He'd pray for God to bring many to faith in his country of wales and uh, he's he just got in his heart he, he called his pastor told they didn't have phone he connected with his pastor uh and uh he said i just would like to come back to my church just and i want to say something to our people god's put something on my heart to say to the people the pastor kind of rolled his eyes a little bit said all right we can come on a monday night not sunday monday night if anyone wants to show up fine So a handful of people showed up, and he said, I just have four things I want to say. He says, God told me to tell you to to confess any known sin in your life. Two is to avoid questionable habits in your life. Three is to obey the Holy Spirit promptly. Four is to confess Christ openly. I'll repeat those. Confess any known sin. Avoid questionable habits. Obey the Holy Spirit promptly. Confess Christ openly. That was his whole sermon. He sat down. That sparked the Welsh revival in 1904. Do you know how many people in Wales came to faith in Christ over the next nine months? Can you guess what the number is? 100,000, yeah, in Wales. You know what the population of Wales was about the population of West Michigan today? Can God do it? Does God want to do it? Is he able to do it? Then what's stopping him? We need to ask the question, you know, why not here? Why not now? Is God somehow not as powerful as he used to be? Well, that's a silly question. But sometimes we think that, don't we, with all our technology and computers and smartphones that somehow God's irrelevant. Forget it. 100,000 people in nine months. You know what happened as a result of the, the Welsh revival? A number of the things. Well, one is that uh, bars and taverns had some problems. They had a bunch of bars and taverns went bankrupt. Okay positive thing was crime went down to nothing. In fact, the police ran out of things to do. (laughs) I love this. You know what they did? The police formed singing quartets. They went around to different churches and places to sing because they didn't have any work to do. There's one place had like 700 police complaints per either week or month. I can't remember which it is. Went down to three Uh, Well, there was another negative, too. The mules in the mines, they, they wouldn't work much anymore because the language of the miners was cleaned up. Got to think about that one, guys. Think about that one. So they had to be retrained a little bit. But the Welsh revival then spread across the world. And that's what we're praying about, the revival that, by God's grace, is going to start in West Michigan. Bring 100,000 to faith in West Michigan and spread around the world for his glory. But why not? You know what? As I ask God the question, what do you think of the church in America today, Lord? You know what he brings me to? I look at the book of Revelation. And uh, I think, well, of those seven churches mentioned in the book of Revelation, which one's the most like American church today? And I come across at Revelation 3, where it starts talking about the church at Laodicea. And uh, do you know what he says to that church? He says, I know your works. You're neither cold nor hot. I wish you were one or the other. You're lukewarm. So I'm going to spit you out. Nobody likes lukewarm stuff. For you say, I'm rich. I've prospered. I don't need anything. Isn't that the American church today? Look at us. We got, you know, a lot of stuff and programs, and we got it together. Aren't you proud of us? There's nothing wrong with good buildings, nothing wrong with programs, but don't we kind of feel like we put it together and the rest of the world's kind of inferior? You know, we've... We deserve what we got, and we got it here. What does Jesus say? He says, not realizing that you are, listen to these words, wretched, pitiable, poor, blind, naked. He says, I counsel you to buy for me gold refined by the fire so that you may be rich and white garments, so you may clothe yourself and the shame of your nakedness, and may not be seen, and salve to anoint your eyes so you can really see. And then I love what he says. Those whom I love... I love you. American church, I love you. Those whom I love, I reprove and discipline. So be zealous and repent. Repent. And then I love this. He says, I stand at the door. I'm I'm knocking. Come on. If anyone hears my voice, opens the door. I'm going to come in and I'm not going to shame you and say, you. No, I want to eat with you. I want to be with you. And then he says, the one who conquers, I'm going to even let him sit on my throne. Amazing. He doesn't hate us. Just like, again, that song, he's the answer. He's the only answer. we got to get rid of all these other idols, gentlemen, all these other things that we think are going to be enough. If I could just get another, if I could get another, oh, that car, Oh, a wife, uh, uh, only a little bit more. No, no. Jesus, only Jesus. Jesus, only Jesus. So, the question is, will you join in our prayer for revival of the church and spiritual awakening? Will you become part of that so that the manifest presence of God drops on us? It's going to make it a lot easier to share. I mean, when the manifest presence of God comes, I mean, we're just like, On fire and we can't help but share but even before that happens we still should be sharing the gospel all the time and then here's the question have you shared your faith even in the last year with somebody who doesn't know him have you that's a that's a challenging question isn't it have you shared some other news that you have, like you get, you know, you have a child born, a grandchild born, uh, your, your team wins, uh, you know, you, you get a new car, you get this, that, you, you share those things you're excited about. What about Jesus? Are we not really excited about him? I know that's convicting, but it should be. Uh, my wife, I could brag about Marsha. Uh, some of you know we have 12 children uh, I volunteered to, to have half of them, but it didn't work. Um, I couldn't pass the physical, but um, she's amazing. She led a gal to the Lord yesterday, and that's not unusual. She, can't, she comes home when she's particularly happy. She said, okay, who, what happened? Well, this girl at MVP, that's where we go to work out shared the gospel with her. She's 20 years old, and she thought she was a Christian, but she really didn't get it, and she prayed with me to receive Christ. Well, that's kind of funny because I was at MVP in the morning, and, and uh, I shared with a guy that I've seen a few times, and I'm not the evangelist. I'm that's, you know, not as good as my wife, but I've learned from her. But we started talking with this guy, and I told him about CityFest is a great way to kind of bridge the, the gap there. And uh, so we started talking, and I shared the gospel with him. And I used a little tool, and I brought copies of this tool. It's it's like fishing. It's nice to have bait when you go fishing, right? So what I what we put together a few years ago, um, and now they're going all over here, and that's all right. Um, is just this little thing. It's not perfect. Uh, do you want to know God? And you can each take one of these, and then if you want to, you can download them from our website and print them yourself, whatever. Um, no copyright, no problem with that. But it's, it's not perfect, but it makes me think of the story. I love of this. D.L. Moody was a great evangelist, right? And one man came up to D.L. Moody one time, and he said, Mr. Moody, yes, sir, I don't very much like your method of evangelism. And Moody says, you know, I'm not super proud of it. We're happy with it myself. But what's yours? He asked the man. Man says, well, I don't have a method. Moody says, I still like mine better than yours. Okay. <laughs> so something is better than nothing. And you know, get your own. But it's so helpful with that guy at the yesterday at the MVP. We're, we're a bunch of guys here. I mean, I actually... I had just come out of the shower, so I didn't have an awful lot of clothing on. Okay, sorry, but that was the truth. So I didn't have... Normally, I got one in my pocket right here, but I didn't have my shirt on. And uh, so we're starting to talk, and I thought, boy, I'd be helpful. So I opened my locker, pulled this thing out of my shirt pocket that was in the locker, and I, I gave it to him, and he took it. He wanted it. You know, he didn't pray with me. He's Catholic background, whatever, and uh, but probably never made a personal connection to Jesus. As someone said, the difference between heaven and hell is 18 inches between your, your head and your heart. And, uh, I mean, I went to Christian school. Many of you did. I you know, did the catechism thing, blah, 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 blah. It was great you know, stuff. But it wasn't until finally someone said, he's got to become your Savior. Not the Savior of the world, but your Savior. Oh, oh, he's got a plan for my life. oh. I want it. And that's when things changed for me. And that's what often people need. And with all the prayer that's going on around here, we have found people are particularly hungry and open. So let's do it. We gotta work together in this thing, folks. And then it, it, it kind of bring the plane in for landing here. How many of you went and heard Mark Middleberg talk about friendship evangelism? He came, It was part of City Fest. not too many of you did. Well, he was good. It was about twenty-three hundred folks. He came to two different sites, ate a Bible and something in Genison or whatever that way. But we went to both of them actually. But the one thing he said, I want to give it to you. This is really helpful because Satan, when you're with somebody and the Holy Spirit prompts you to say something about Jesus, you're going to be tempted to hear the voice of satan which will say hey now it's not a, a better time will come later okay just, just don't don't be offensive just be nice and satan sometimes tells us you know basically nice people get to go to heaven just by being nice everyone's nice 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 uh-uh no nice people go to hell if they don't have jesus let's let's just say it okay our culture doesn't say those words but i'm saying it because it's true they need Jesus Christ. They don't need to be nice. So Satan will tempt you at that point where the Holy Spirit's prompting you, I should say something now. There's a good opening here. Oh, look at that sunset. God made that sunset. Do you know God? My wife, this is my wife. She's so good. She can, she can move from zero to 100 in about three sentences. She'll look at someone. Genuine, she's genuine. She's not putting on it. She'll look at someone and say, you have such a smile. I'll bet you have some faith. Well, are you a Christian? Uh, no. Sometimes they will say, yeah. Do you, no, Jesus in your heart. I don't know what you mean. Well, then, Marshall, get the card out and, and walk her through. I mean, somebody, I can't quite go that far that quick. I'm, I don't know. We're, we're different, and it's okay. But when the opening's there and the Holy Spirit's prompting you, this is what Mark Middleberg said. I love this. These are good. You think about this. He says, if the Holy Spirit's prompting you and Satan's trying to keep you from saying something, do these four things. Number one... Take a deep breath. Two, pray in your heart. God, help me. Three, open your mouth. Four, speak it out. (laughs) That's funny. Actually, that's kind of funny. Uh, Let's do that one again. Okay, when you are prompted by the Spirit to do something, okay, take a deep breath, pray, open your mouth, and say it now. It's scary. Yes. But what did Jesus do for you and me again? He was in heaven, right? Came down, got spit on, beat up, crucified, nails put through him. Did he deserve it? Not for a second. Why did he do it? Because he loves you. He loves you. Is, that, is this asking too much of us? No. Not at all. Well, what if we get persecuted for being Christians? Join the rest of the world for the most part. This light momentary affliction, says Paul, is nothing compared to the glory that's going to be revealed. All right. So join me in praying for 100,000 people to come to Christ through in the next months because of what he does as he pours out his spirit and power in this area. Have the biggest spiritual awakening in our history. And remember, it's got to start with me. It's got to start with you. Amen. Then we're going to stand up, and uh, let's just huddle a little bit with people near you. Shoulder, grab a shoulder, grab an arm. There you go. Lord, thanks for this group, these band of brothers. Lord, I just pray that you'd infuse each one of us with your spirit. Forgive any sin, Lord. Help us to avoid any uh, questionable habits. Help us to obey the Holy Spirit promptly and to profess Christ openly And bring that revival, God, that you so desperately want, God. We love you. Bless each man today. In Jesus' name, amen.